Hello and welcome back. It's been a couple weeks and um, things are going. We survived uh, fall break, hung out with family, kind of, uh, you know, took advantage of the time off to catch up on some books I wanted to read and a few shows I wanted to watch. Met up with some friends I hadn't seen in a while. Survived some of the um, professional developments that I had to do. Oh, I was really actually kind of excited. I, I got to talk to some uh, of our first-year teachers. Just kind of, I don't know. I don't know that I can give them a, a guidebook, a, a play-by-play thing that's going to make their day-to-day better. But sometimes just to remind them that this is the first time they've done this. And whenever you do something for the first time, you're usually going to be awkward at it. And, and I just know I needed that sometimes when I was a first-year teacher all those almost two decades ago. And if all if that is all they get from it, then I'm okay with that. Um, hopefully, maybe they'll reach out and we can talk some more on how things can, um, maybe specific situations can be better with specific teachers or curriculum issues. Uh, we'll see what else is going on. Um, it, well, if I'm being honest, something has been on my mind for a bit, and it's probably been cooking for about the last 18 months of the lockdown that we've experienced in various forms across the country. But I, I'm kind of curious how this is going to play out with this generation, especially in their view of authority. Because it, it, it seems like sometimes authority, whether it be something on the news or um, like political or like science-related or even just within the district, it seems like there's a lot of mixed messages from authority. And I've always said that like, the old phrase that dogs smell fear, I always feel like teenagers smell BS. And they don't always say anything sometimes because, well, they've been trained for so long that the person on the screen or the person at the front of the room is the authority and it's not your job to question them because, you know, they're obviously there for a reason. Or um, when they do express concern, they do it in such an awkward, high-intensity, emotional way that it's very easy for the adults in the room to uh, discredit what they're saying, even if there is quite a bit of truth there. And... I feel like this generation, I'm kind of curious what it's going to look like in the next five to ten years as they get older and realize that um, authority isn't all it's cracked up to be. Authority doesn't always know what's going on. Authority sometimes just happens to be pers- the person with a title in the front of the room. And a case in point is sometimes you see, I, I guess you see it in the corporate media sometimes, that they're not the most truthful. They're factual, but they're not truthful. So they'll say things... Um, in a factual way, but they'll leave out like the, the truth of it all. And I, and I saw that recently dealing with, um, uh, I guess, quarantining procedures at, at school and like schools in general, because at the beginning of the year, it was um, students will, uh, if they are within close contact of someone at school, they will be recommended that they go home to quarantine. And close contact was defined as uh, at three feet or less, according to like seating charts at lunch tables or seating charts in the classrooms. And then, uh, you know, the school officials would contact the parents and say, hey, you know, you're just let you know your child was identified as being in close contact with a um, someone with positive case of COVID. So what we're recommending they go home, you know, the usual five days with a negative test, seven to 10 days for more. But um, and then we had about two weeks there at the end of August, beginning of September, where we like, I guess, I don't remember, numbers went up. And they decided that recommending was no longer an option, that it was now going to be required if you're within three feet, you know, 
quote unquote, close contact with a positive case. Uh, and we did that for about two weeks. <clears throat> and then we got an email. And I think a lot of schools did the same thing. Around September 10th, it was, we're going back to recommended. But the weird thing happened is September went on. I started having students going, oh, I had to go quarantine. And I, and I, I was like, wait, wait, I mean, you chose to, right? And they're like, no, I had to. And it was like, mm, uh, okay, students will say that a lot. Like, I, I had to go to band practice. I'm like, no, no, you didn't. You chose to sign up to go to band or I had to go to work. I'm like, no, you chose to get a job. It's something, I don't know, it's like a pet peeve of mine, a, a mission of mine to get people to think like in that way. Like you choose, every choice you make, you want it. Um, but it started to realize this wasn't the usual teenage thing. This was like, they legitimately believed that. And I even had a student who probably would do better staying at school and was about to, came to me and was like frustrated. It's like, you know, they're, they're doing again. They're making me go home. I thought I didn't have to. I thought I could choose. And um, so I started digging into it. And, and I found out it was kind of people didn't know. I had some staff that were like, no, it's required. And some staff were like, no, it's recommended that you have to go home if you're within close contact. And I started digging around and I found out that basically uh, some school officials are being factual without being truthful. I guess there was a big hubbub earlier in the year about supposedly a parent or a student can opt out of quarantining. People didn't like that language. So officially what the policy is now is you, and I, if you're within close contact, you have to go home for uh, quarantine um, or you can come back within five days with a negative test. Or on a secret menu option, you can say, I refuse to follow the health guidelines of the state and my child will not be quarantining. The district will then uh, make a note of that and then the child stays in the building. And I was kind of, oh, okay, so they can, you know, not quarantine. And I'm like, no, there is no opt out. It's like, okay, just to be clear, what are the options? And once again, it was two options. And I said, they told me the, quarantining, quarantine shorter with a negative test. And I said, but they can also say they don't want to follow healthcare guidelines and they can stay at the school. And I was told, yes, it was so confusing. And it ended up happening at my school, at least. Um, I had a student who was told they had to go home. Apparently their parent guardian said, um, I'm refusing to follow healthcare guidelines and I'm staying at school and they stayed. So it was like, how are we saying this to people? And that's just one example. But we're being factual without being truthful. We're playing word games. And it's a very short-term win. And I've been talking about it in my economics class and even in my history class. Like, when, when you're making a decision, you can't just focus on what's good for me now. You probably also need to focus on what's, is this going to be good for me now and later? And if you really want to go big brain, is this good for me and is it good for others? That's like the four questions you should ask yourself. But I, I wonder how this will affect our young people as they get older and deal with more and more authority. And I'm, I'm fascinated to what our culture, society, our country, our politics is going to look like in the next five to ten years as our current high school students become 20-something-year-olds and start to decide to have more action and voice in what's going on in the in the country and the government. And I, I honestly don't think it'll be good. I think a lot of older people will think, oh, these disrespectful kids, and when they forgot how disrespectful they were to them when they were younger, just telling them, telling them to accept things as they were told, and, and the, the eye-opening event. It's, it's, um, 
It's like Wizard of Oz when Dorothy sees behind the curtain and is kind of like, wait, there is no wizard. It's just a dude pulling levers, making noises. And, and that is not a good thing to find out. When, when you feel like there are people that should know better, that claim to be doing better, and then they were stretching the truth or just flat out lying to you, that's not going to end well. Whether that's be an individual, me, working with students, it doesn't end well. Me, working with my own family, my wife and my son, or just in general, society, I just don't know that that's going to end well. And I, uh, I refuse to play along with that. I, I will not lie to people when I know what's going on. And I wish more and more of us took that approach and stopped thinking about how saying things, phrasing things in a way to make it easier for them here and now without thinking about what this will do for them in the future. Because that's a dangerous road to go down. And I don't want to have to be found guilty of doing something like that in the future. So that's, that's what I've been thinking about. And it just, it's a good reminder to me with my wife, with my son, with my students as a teacher, just speak truth to the best of my ability and, and admit when I don't know what's going on and maybe show them how, especially students, how it's okay to not know and it's okay to have to go look it up. Um, it's not okay to stay in my ignorance and it's not okay to um, act like I know what's going on when I don't. That's, that's a dangerous position. So have you been doing that? Should you be doing that? I don't know. Give it some thought. As always, have a day.